Hey listeners, how is everyone doing today? I hope you're finding so many wonderfully new ways, big and small, to choose bravely. Make sure you tell us all about it. You know, you can pop directly onto our website and there's a little tab right on the right side that says voicemail. You can leave us a voicemail and you can actually tell us what sort of new brave things you're up to and how that feels. I would love to maybe share some of those on the show. So don't be shy, record your voice. And if you don't want to use it through the website, you can record on your phone or anywhere else and just send over a little clip and tell me what you're up to, how you're choosing bravely and how it's impacting your life. So today's episode is dedicated to one of our patrons, Jennifer Archer, and I asked Jennifer if she wanted the show to be dedicated to her or someone else, and she has requested that the show be dedicated to her sister, Emily Layton. She says, Emily is one of the bravest, most amazing people she knows, and I happen to know Emily, and I completely agree. So I think this is a really a perfect episode, actually, for Emily and the journey that you've been on. So this episode is dedicated to you, Jen and Emily. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting. Okay, folks, before we start the show, I have to tell you, I'm not sure if you remember or not, but episode 38 of the show was called Still Brave. And it was with a man who has now become my friend, Tattoo Tom Mitchell. And in the episode, which if you haven't listened, you really should listen as soon as you finish this one. In the episode, Tom talks about running up Mount St. Helen. He does this race every year that's called the Bigfoot Run. It's 206.5 miles straight up Mount St. Helen. It sounds insane. I know it sounds insane. And Tom might tell you something. He is insane, but really he just has a heart of gold and he's trying to raise money for childhood cancer. And The Brave Files has agreed to sponsor a mile. We're sponsoring a child. Every mile that they run of the Bigfoot run is dedicated to a child who has either lost their battle to cancer, in remission, or is currently being treated for cancer. And our mile is for a sweet young lady named Daphne, who unfortunately lost her battle with brain cancer at the age of seven. Now, I have four little girls, and the idea of losing any of them at any age is so traumatic. But I think about my three oldest when they were seven. Oh, it's a lot. And and Tom wants to eradicate childhood cancer. He's doing everything he can to do that. And folks, we can help him a little bit. So the Brave Files has agreed to help raise $1,000 in honor of Daphne and to support Tom in this run. So you can pop over right now onto our show notes and onto my website and look for the Still Brave Bigfoot Run link. I'm going to give you the link, but honestly, it's a little bit of a mouthful The link is run.stillbrave.org slash sponsors slash brave. Okay, so it's run.stillbrave.org slash sponsors slash brave. But I'm going to make this super easy for you. We are going to put a link directly on the show notes for this episode and directly on the website. All you got to do is click that button. It'll take you straight to this page. Help me raise $1,000. Help me make a difference with this. So thank you to everyone who has stepped up so far. We do have some awesome donations, and I'm grateful for all of that. So 
Yeah, a lot going on this morning. I want to know how you're brave, which is pretty fantastic. I want to, again, thank Jennifer Archer for being a patron and dedicating the show to her sister, Emily. I hope you both enjoy the episode. And then we need your support. So help us out with um, sponsoring Bigfoot Run. Check it out on the website, vickeryandco.com is the website. And here's the show. Intention, collaboration, revelation. You are listening to The Brave Files, real stories from people living courageously. You can listen to the show anywhere you enjoy podcasts, and we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference, and we appreciate it. Now here's your host, Heather Vickery. Hey everybody, it's Heather Vickery. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Brave Files podcast. We are really glad that you're here. So today's guest is a woman that I have had the pleasure of getting to know over the last couple of years and um, someone I now consider a friend, which is a joy to be able to bring someone on the show that I really, really like. Uh, Lily Thompson is the editor, creator, editor, publisher, all of the things for the Perpetual You magazine. And when I approached her and asked her to be on the show, she goes, oh, wow, I never really thought about that being brave, but okay, let's let's do it. And I think it's super brave. I love the energy that the magazine puts out and all that you bring into the world. Lily, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I should say that um, I recently changed my last name. Oh, so. <laughs> well, so I'm now Lily McKnight. Lily, Mc- I guess you know what? I guess I knew that we could. Mm-hmm. I can do that over, and we can get rid of no, it. No, 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 no. Okay. It's not a like I didn't do it legally because it's expensive. But. <laughs> In my head, and I think it's I think. funny. So you've you can I assume that you've taken on your husband's name? Yes. So we did a ten year vow renewal, and both me and my oldest son we had different last names. And we both took on the last name McKnight. Wow. So now we're all McKnights, which is so much easier. It can be easier. But I think that's um, almost a brave thing too, right? To completely change yeah. your name, especially for your son. How old is he? He's 10. So like to go back yeah. to school with a different name and all of that, right. you got to explain that. Um, right, right. Which yeah. shouldn't be anybody's business, but lo and behold, <laughs> it always will be. Yeah. Well, especially for him because he does. Bravery is a big thing for him because he does have social anxiety. So definitely. Wow. Well, good for you. So listeners, welcome Lily McKnight to the show. (laughs) 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 You got to tell me these things in advance, girl. Um, (laughs) I know I'm excited to have you on. I want to know how you decided to start creating the perpetual you and then tell everybody this is a beautiful magazine and I've had the joy of being um, a writer for it a couple of times now. Mm-hmm. And we promote the podcast on in the magazine. So y'all have to go check it out and we'll Lily can tell you all about that, but tell us how this came to be. Yeah. So the perpetual you for people who don't know is a lifestyle magazine for women. And um, it's geared toward women who are either living intentionally right now or women who are on the cusp of wanting to live a more intentional life. And when you Um, say living intentionally, clarify what mm -hmm. you mean. For me personally, living intentionally means having a set of values that you have defined and you have chosen, and then making decisions and and acting based on those values that are personal to you. you That's awesome. 
and and that's like you know so many women right now are doing that as a you know there's a huge cultural shift at least in the united states you know many women are are recognizing that they hold values that might be different from society so this is a time when we need encouragement we need support we need to know that we have a community so that's what the magazine is meant to provide it also explains why we started it i co-founded it with my sister during a year when she was living with me here in Connecticut. And we just like, we felt like we needed something like this magazine. We had both just kind of, you know, nearing our forties basically had, we had both just recently decided like we wanted to live more intentionally and we're figuring that out. And we couldn't find anything that really, you know, would encourage us without making us feel like, here's 10 things you have to do, or right. she loved the Oprah magazine. Right. I love using that as an example because Oprah's a badass and we all love her and she's yeah. amazing. But we saw one of her magazines and it had something on the front, like how to fit back into your skinny jeans, oh, um, which is a good that's example. That's so not the point. Yeah. Of how like women's <laughs> media, even like quote unquote positive women's media mm-hmm. can be very subversive. I, I don't think that Oprah realizes how, you know, like she's not doing that to make women feel worse about themselves. But I would think Oprah would bad. know better. How many times I has know. she not fit in her skinny exactly. jeans? Exactly. Oh. So, you know, just to like throw it out there, that, that's the, when I thought about what am I doing that's brave? I think that's where bravery, I guess, plays into this story because it takes a lot of willpower to be the only person or the only magazine with this mission. Absolutely. Yeah. It does, I think. And what you're exposing your readers to is that there are a lot of ways to live life and honor yourself and, like you said, be intentional about it, not being a, a, a bystander in your own life, like take control. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people on the show who find ways to help people do that and none of them do it the way you do it. And right. I really love it. It's such a beautiful magazine. It is got to be an incredible labor of love for you. Yeah. You don't, <laughs> I you mean, don't it's publish like, I'm like, a magazine. You want to help people f- intentionally live their lives. Like who just goes, well, you know what? We can produce a magazine that's really beautiful and costs a ton to make right, and right. hope to sell it. Like that's ambitious. We were totally, it was more naivety. I mean, we just did not know <laughs> what we were getting ourselves into. And my sister, it wasn't her thing. You know, that's, that's why she's no longer involved because it just, it didn't speak to her the way it spoke to me. Right. And that's fine, you know, but it really, it appeals to my sort of creative mind. I'm a big picture thinker. So I love the planning, you know, yeah. aspect of it and. And I have a background as a creative writer. So, you know, that piece of me is being fulfilled. Absolutely. Yeah, I I love it. So how do you find people to write for the magazine? How do you decide what's going to be included or not? Well, one of the ways our magazine is different is that we don't hire freelance writers who go research a subject, you know, and then sort of report back on that. What I want to do is showcase the voices of experts, of, of women who are experts in their field. It's amazing that, like, right now, so I've been publishing for three years, I could think in my head, like, 
okay, so I need to find an expert on, you know, connection. And like five people will pop into my head who I either know or someone I know knows. I've worked with them before. Mm-hmm. You know, I've met them at some, like, it's just at this point in time, my network is pretty huge. Yeah. <laughs> just because I've been doing is. this, you know, for three years. I don't even remember how it first came to be that I knew you were looking for writers. Well, we got connected through the Inspire Photography Photographers. No, we did not because I connected you with Inspire. Oh, damn. I had already written for the magazine by then. And I was like, oh, you're in Connecticut. I remember our first conversation. Oh, we were on Instagram, I think. Must have been something. And you had a call out for articles. Um, Uh I don't know. I have the magazine here somewhere. They're so pretty, you guys. You don't read them and throw them out. You either read them and keep them or, or... pass them along to people so that they can see them. And it was really fun to see see your name on a byline. It was one of the first, maybe it was the second time that that had happened for me with my own article and not one that somebody else had written about me, which was, which was kind of cool. And then how are you connecting with readers? We publish digitally on the issue platform, which, you know, anyone could be searching on there for, you know, self-care or, or intentional living. Um, and one of our magazines could pop up. So that's good. Mm-hmm. As far as the print magazine is concerned right now, it's really like people I know or, <laughs> or who know me, you know, I mean, it's sure. still very like, we're like a micro printer. We're printing 50 to 55 copies a month. I want to be in stores, you know, but I don't want to do like, I'm, my goal is not like, and shop or even like Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I, even though those stop would be and amazing. In Chicago, we don't have a stop and shop. <laughs> oh, okay. Kind of well, the grocery. <laughs> but I want to like, my idea is that like local stores, uh, local boutiques that already have a variety of like small batch handmade type stuff, maybe have a focus on women makers or something like that, you know, that they yeah. would carry the magazine. Um, and we have a couple of stockists here in Connecticut. But I think that's a good connection where our our potential reader is already there shopping, spending money, and then she could be introduced to this. And that's a way to reach, you know, people that we would never reach online or, or on Instagram or something. I mean, absolutely. The truth of it is our, our ideal client probably isn't on Instagram. I mean, maybe she is, really? but yeah, I think our ideal client is probably pretty active on Facebook still, though she may be frustrated with (laughs) the chatter, but yeah, we really, you know, that's the challenge. We really have to reach these women in their real lives, you know, where they're shopping through word of mouth, you know, friend or friend kind of thing. Okay. Interesting. When it's funny, when I first started the podcast, this very one that you're a guest on right now, I reached out to you and I said, okay, need guests. Because it was, as some of you may know, I was literally standing in my kitchen making dinner and the concept came to me and I went and I bought the domain and I created an application Google form and just put it out on Facebook. And I was like, okay, who has a story to tell me? And Lily said, well, you know, that's not really, we, we don't teach people that they have to be brave. Like that's not what the magazine's about. And I was like, I totally call bullshit on that because it's so <laughs> brave to live intentionally. Like I don't even is, remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I have the strangest memory for stuff like that. And I really think that it takes so much bravery to live intentionally and to not yeah. follow the rules if they don't 
serve you and to say no to something that everybody's saying yes to, or to say yes to something that nobody's saying yes to. Right. Um, so and I, I love, like I've learned just from listening to your podcast. I've um, really started you. thinking of bravery differently and of fear differently. So that's, I mean, you've touched my life. Thank <laughs> you. Tell me more yeah. about that. How, how have you had those experiences? What's changed for you? My definition of bravery was probably very closely tied to my definition of anxiety because that's oh, something wow. that we deal with as a family and mm -hmm. I deal with it as a person. Bravery almost like, I know we've talked about this, like bravery is like really doing something you're uncomfortable doing. Right. I guess I knew that I was also, uh, you know, that that wouldn't mean that the fear was gone, but I definitely was thinking in terms of like bravery versus uh, being afraid. You know, if I'm yeah. afraid, I'm not yeah. going to do that thing. If I'm brave, I am. And I know that that's something I probably have been passing down to my kids. Sure. I love that you just shared that because those things are yeah. definitely not true. You're still scared. Right. You just do it anyway. Right. And they, that's, you know, mon that's a big shift. That's a big shift. Thank you for sharing that with us. Really I love that. Kids. I love that you said that. So what has been the most difficult thing for you in producing this magazine? Well, in the beginning, I, I saw myself as an introvert and still do. And I had a story about myself that was like, I'm not good at connecting with people. I'm not good at reaching out. I don't like to talk on the phone. I just want to stay in my bed under the covers and, and read books. <laughs> and um, sometimes I do still want to do that. And I do feel that way. But I mean, I really had to let go of that story in order to be successful as a collaborative, you know, enterprise. Now, for the first year of the magazine, I did everything. Like yeah. if it could, you know, if I could do it, I did it. I wrote, I edited, I redesigned my home. Uh, I took pictures, like everything, everything except the layout. You can't do that for very long. Just because you can do it all doesn't yeah, mean you, you should do it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so going into the second year is when we really started focusing on the collaborative aspect. And I had a heart to heart with the boss, who's my husband, who has a full time job. Wait, wait, why uh, is he the boss? He's the boss because he has a full time job and he supports. He's basically like our biggest investor is the way I think of him. Okay. Right. It's okay. It's okay. not a gender thing. It's, it's the <laughs> fact like, that wait. he has a job <laughs> and I do not. I mean, I have a job, but I don't get paid. I'm not yet paying. Well, you get paid in a lot of different ways. That's one thing that Aaron Anastasi taught me is we can get paid in a lot of different ways. That's true. Okay. I did choose something that requires cash money. <laughs> that's true. In order to be, yeah. uh, in order to do it, you know, yeah. I could, I mean, that's one of the things we talked about. Like we could change you know, the business model, figure out a different way to go. Or, you know, I could get let go of some other things and continue to, you know, put our finances into the back end, you know, the marketing, the printing. The and is that what you decided to do? And that's what we decided to do. So I think so that's, that's brave too, right? To rearrange yeah. your life and how you're going to live it in order to actualize a dream, something that you think is really important to put out there. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was brave. And I think a lot of women, I do not think I'm alone on this. It was brave for me to say, I need help with making yes. this into what I want it to be. I yeah. needed, I, you know, I need help from my partner, 
but I also needed like a lot more women to be involved to, to keep it like, you know, with my vision, but not doing everything myself. Yeah. And you've recently brought on a young woman that we know here at the show, right? Casey Marie is doing some work with you. Yeah. She's helping us with marketing. She already writes for the magazine. She's helping us with marketing and she just started doing photography for us too, which is amazing. Like if you've seen the magazine, you know that we cannot do what we do without the contribution of, of photographers. So Absolutely. So you guys, Casey was on the show not that long ago, and I'm really embarrassed right now because I'm blanking on the title up, oh, holding up the light. <laughs> I was like, I got to <laughs> quickly look up the title of our episode, <laughs> holding up the light. You should check it out. It was a really great interview. And then also, I think that we met Aaron Stevens North through you. And yeah, so she had some art in the magazine, which is so cool. That was one yeah. of my favorite interviews because well, first of all, it's laugh out loud funny, and we don't always get that. We're talking about bravery, and I think we, we connect, and it's not always super heavy. I, I think some people are afraid to listen to the show because they think, right, wow, right. this is going to be really, really intense. Somebody's overcome some sort of terrible illness, or they're dying, or whatever, which I think is most often not the case. But Aaron's mm-hmm. interview was funny. Yeah, She's hilarious. funny, uh, but it was a very serious topic, Um and I just, it was really enjoyable to listen to. So I love the, all of the awesome people I've met through you. What has been the yeah. biggest pleasant surprise? I'm sure there are a number of things that just light you up all the time, but what's been the most notable pleasant surprise? My like belief in humanity has been, <laughs> you know, like totally changed. I mean, in addition to being super introverted, I was also cynical just to throw a bomb out there, I was clinically depressed for much of my life. So I had a pretty like dour worldview, you know, me against the world kind of thing. And that's just not true. I mean, I, I have found that like, it's, it's even more than like nine times out of 10, although that's the phrase I use is like nine times out of 10. If I ask a woman to help me to collaborate with me, to send a product, to be in the magazine um, to advertise uh, like you do. Um, if I yeah. ask, they almost always say yes. Isn't and that magic? Me, that is like, yeah, it, it is. It's magical. Cause I, I never would have thought that, you know, I didn't think that when I started it's just so life affirming, you know, to get up and that. be like, I know a hundred women, you know, that I yeah. could, I could, you know, like one of the things I, I thought about the other day, I was kind of upset and I can't remember why, but I thought, you know, three years ago, I, if I felt this way, I would have gone shopping. That was like my therapy, retail therapy. Oh, yeah. But my first instinct when I noticed that I was upset was to text like one of three people, you know. And that's because I've made so many good friends. And the thing is, people can't give you what you want if you don't ask for it. They don't know what it is. Right, right. Yeah. Badly. And the, the <laughs> side effect of that is, oh, my gosh. I'm not in it alone. People like me. They really like me. <laughs> yeah. Right. I have a support system. There's a tribe of people around me, like so many benefits. When I was going through my divorce and I just, I couldn't like, there was too much happening. And I'm talking about basic life things like getting kids to and from birthday parties. And if I was traveling for work, you know, picking them up and taking them to school and all of those kinds of things. And I, I'm a big, strong girl. I can do it all myself. 
And I can, it just kind of sucks, right? It's, it's exhausting and I'm cranky and it's not fair to my kids and learning to let people help me was um, the best gift ever because the, the fallout from that was that I knew I was loved. Yeah. And I mean, we, we did an issue on generosity and I, I go back to it a lot because, you know, I learned at that time that generosity is both giving and receiving. Yes. That side of it too. Like I'm, I'm asking a lot of people for help. (laughs) You know, I'm also putting into the world, you know, this, this idea that like, I want to be helpful too. You know, I want to showcase your product or run a market, you know, where like local makers can be featured and things like that. I actually teach that when I do, when I lead workshops, one of the things we talk about is letting people help you and giving and receiving. And I'll ask, literally ask that question. When somebody asks you to help them, how does it make you feel? And almost always everyone says, it feels great. I want to help people. And I'm like, exactly. That's how people feel when you ask them also. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. But we don't ever think of it that way. We never look at it from that perspective. So all of these cool things are happening for you. Mm-hmm. How do you celebrate them? How do you honor and and love on these wins of yours? Well, I knew you were going to ask this. <laughs> <laughs> That's one I ask every week. As an avid listener, what well, celebrate is is one of our favorite words of the magazine. However, <laughs> I could not come up with like one thing I do. What? I what? It's so weird for me to say this because I've already given you like the introvert feel. But I think for me, like, for something to be real, like I sort of experience it myself and like, I, I kind of hold it close for a little while. Okay. And that's, that's my introverted side. I do a lot of just like thinking and conversing with myself. But that can be celebration as long as you're pausing, acknowledging, recognizing. Yeah. And then, then I'm ready and I'll like go to lunch with someone and share it with them. But I, yeah, but I do still really want to first like process it. I honor that. I I mean, what I think has been so cool about asking that question every week is there's almost always a different answer. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's very introspective and quiet and people just pause. Sometimes they journal about it. Sometimes they go, wow, I'm so glad that's I'm going to go take a walk. I had one woman Mm -hmm. who said, Mm -hmm. I reserve special chocolate. I don't think that episode's aired yet, but I love that answer. She's like, I have a really good expensive piece of chocolate. I'm like, yes, Yes. I love that answer. So there's definitely like in our family, we celebrate, we definitely celebrate through food and and fun. And Mm -hmm. like, I do really think though, sharing it somehow, whether it's a whisper to Mm -hmm. someone or a text or a, Hey, did you know that this thing happened? There's so joy shared is joy returned. And Mm -hmm. so when you are excited or proud or happy, um, a beautiful way to celebrate is to let other people in on it with you. Yeah. So, yeah. And I like to share positivity as much as possible because I think there needs to be more of that. Yes, absolutely. Do you have a gratitude practice? Not in the typical three things at the end of the day. Sure. Um, I am right now, I am sort of grappling with like appreciation and gratitude what that means to me, how, you know, I can elevate it more in my life. So I think I'm still at the point where 
just in my mindfulness journey where it's important for me to like stop and recognize in the moment, you know, that everything's, everything's okay. Or that sometimes I'm, I'm recognizing like, wow, this is really cool. This is a special moment. Um, and I think Instagram for me is the, the biggest reason I continue to have an Instagram for my own life is because that I think I express my gratitude that way. And both in the like moment when I'm posting and also I love to go back and look at my own feed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Me too. Know? Yeah. I think it's very fair. Yeah. I, I really, really honor that. I mean, I do have an end of the day gratitude practice, but it's certainly not limited to that. And by no means is it a requirement, but just yeah. to live with gratitude surrounding you as something that it, you can be grateful for happens to acknowledge it to say, Oh, I am so glad that happened. Or and I've learned, like, if I'm stuck in traffic, and I think there's an accident in front of me, I'll say I am so grateful that I'm back here stuck in traffic instead of up right. there in that accident. Right. right? Like, just sort of reframing things that could be frustrating, and finding a way that I'm glad. And I, I, I've said this quote several times on the show, and I don't know if she listens, but one day she's going to listen and she's going to know it's her. But my best friend says, I am grateful for all of the things I have and all of the things I don't have. Mm-hmm. And that always really <laughs> resonates with me. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the person in me that wants to rebel against everything is hesitant to, to say like, I'm grateful for blank. Like, I think the word gratitude, I'm struggling with it because it's become trendy. Sure. And I don't think that that's a reason not to be grateful. I think that I want to make sure that I'm grateful because I'm grateful and not because it's like on a Pinterest quote, you know. At the same time, our gratitude issue, which was our very first November issue, we, of course, focus yep. on gratitude. Yes, you magazine. know. Yes. You gotta do it. <laughs> it is to date our most popular issue being read digitally. And I think that's because people search gratitude. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, maybe I'm just like being um, a wordsmith or whatever. And the feeling is the same. <laughs> but, but I don't want to just do something because everyone else is Absolutely. doing it. Absolutely. You know, I I support that, although I really think it works. I had a conversation with my mom recently. She's been taking care of my grandpa who's going through chemo and radiation. And she's just sort of beat down. And Mm -hmm. she said, I don't know who I've turned into. I I don't like the energy surrounding me. She said, I want to find a way to to be happy again. And I challenged her. I said, would you start a gratitude practice? And just even if you're only spending 15 seconds a day, only thinking about things that are good instead of all of the things that are bad, see if it can create an an internal shift. She did. So I need to check in with Mm -hmm. her and see if she's still doing it and if it's working. But I really do think it's powerful. Yeah. I mean, I had a conversation recently with someone we were talking about self-care in women's lives. We were saying, like, how cool would it be if we no longer had to, like, preach the message of self-care and women just gave themselves care and it was a routine part of our life instead of, like, something we had to seek out and and focus on. And I almost feel that way about gratitude, too. Like, wouldn't it be cool if, like, we were just grateful? (laughs) You know, does that sound like (laughs) kind of... um, But I think, like, for for kids, um, like, in, in... in my son, you know, in his um, life, it's important 
to just point out to him, like, everything is, you know, the sky is not falling. Like, let's think of some, some good things right now. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. To all of that. You have a podcast. Yeah. You want to tell everybody about your podcast? <laughs> because I didn't have enough going on. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. I'm co-hosting a podcast with a very good friend of mine who I met through uh, the magazine, Marie Levy Pabst, and it's called Mama Now. And we have conversations with other mothers and sometimes just the two of us have a conversation about motherhood and identity and what we call the messy stuff in between. So basically life. So I was lucky enough to be on that podcast. So we'll send the links to that in the show notes so you guys can go and check it out. That was a really fun interview with you and Marie. I really enjoyed yeah. that conversation. So everyone can, can check that out. So Lily, yeah. I would love to know at this point, what is your favorite charity to support? I bet that's a hard question for you. It I is. I bet you have a bunch, um, not because I don't think you have one. <laughs> I have so many. But I want to, I'm going to steal a page from Aaron's book <laughs> because what I, when I thought about like, how do I give to others? Because I don't give to charity right now. What I do is I support small batch makers. Okay. And in my case, I prefer to, to support women. And I thought like, does that count? <laughs> does that meet her requirements? And the reason I think it does is because like when you buy there's a meme going around now, so you can see this, but when you buy from someone who, who is making the thing themselves and then that money is going back into that person's life. So it's, okay. and then that person is supporting their family and then their family is a member, you know, is a part of their community. So I, so the ripple effects for me are what make it kind of like a giving, a giving aspect. Right. I will accept it. Okay. <laughs> I will accept it. And I will probably ask you, I won't put you on the spot now. Um, and it may be very difficult for you to do, but if you have a few favorites that you want to share, we can link them in the show notes. Oh, um, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Um, there's only so much space, yeah. but absolutely let us know and we'll do that. So you guys go look at the show notes to find out about the small batch makers, the the women entrepreneurs and makers that Lily is referring to and give them some love. I, I do that. I try really hard to be a local yeah. shopper or at least shop with with people that are really invested in their businesses especially for gifts and holidays and I'm not always successful but it's something I put conscious effort towards so I love yeah. that yeah and it's not it's not one thing or the other you can support small batch makers and also you know go to the <laughs> absolutely yes and I mean sometimes it just is what it is and we yeah. those are things we have to do right um, Lily, can you share your three words with us one last time? Intention, connection, and revelation. And so do you want to tell everybody, I love your three words. I think they're beautiful. <laughs> when I ask you, we do a little pre-call before the interview starts. What did you say to me about three words? I said, um, asking me to choose three words is like <laughs> sending a kid into a candy store and saying, you can have three pieces of candy. <laughs> um, yeah, because it, it was hard. I, <laughs> I love, love words. <laughs> I know. I love words too, but you did a good job. I'm very Thank proud you. of you. Those are three beautiful uh, words. I just really admire the effort and the energy you put out there towards reminding women that they have choices 
and how they want to live their lives and that we are in control. That's what, to me, when you talk about intentional living, you are not stuck. You are in control of how you want to be in the world and what you want happening to you and around you. And the magazine is, is beautiful. How can people get it? Thank you. Um, so you go to the perpetual you.com or you can find us on any social media channel at the perpetual you, you can read digitally, like I said, on our website or on issue, which is I S S U U, or you can subscribe to our print magazine and I will either mail it or, or bring it to you she, if you live nearby. <laughs> which she's legitimately done. And I am not nearby. And yeah, you summer, don't live nearby. I'm driving through Chicago and I'm going to bring you your magazine by hand. I was like, well, how about that? It's very Special impressive. delivery. <laughs> very cool. All right, you guys. So we'll have links to all of that in the show note. And really, I encourage you to subscribe, support Lily. It's a beautiful magazine. Share it with other women that you love. Lily, thank you so, so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. That is a wrap for today. We will talk to you next Thursday with another awesome episode telling you and reminding you that there are a million different ways to live bravely each and every day. So this is Heather Vickery reminding you, as always, to choose bravely. Today's show was brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash thebravefiles and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title of your choice for free and start listening. It's that simple. Just head to audiotrial.com slash thebravefiles. Thank you for listening to The Brave Files. Be sure to visit the bravefilespodcast.com to access the show notes and discover fantastic bonus content. Music composed and produced by Matt Lewis of Union Music LLC. Special thanks to our editor and audio mix expert, Andrew Olson. I am eternally grateful for all that he does to make each week sound so fantastic. You can hear more of Andrew's work at findandrewolson.com.